Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 35 of Impact Boom. My name is Tom Allen. I'm the director of Seven Positive, and I'm passionate about bringing the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Kristen Hull. Kristen is an activist, change agent, and conscious investor. She's founder and CEO of Near Impact Advisors, a women-led impact advisory firm assisting clients to align their assets with their values. At NIA, she works to bring impact investing to public markets via their gender lens, solutions-focused portfolios. Actively working to change the face of finance and to leverage financial resources for social change, Kristen founded NIA Community Investments in 2010 and co-founded Impact Hub Oakland in 2012. She co-founded the North Oakland Community Charter School and served on the founding board of George Mark Children's House. Kristen currently serves on the board of several non-profit organizations and is an advisor to several startup companies. She's also the author of The Money Doula blog, and her book, Exploring Diversity and Innovation in Impact Investing, Voices from the Field, is forthcoming. Kristen earned her BA and teaching credentials at Tufts University, her Master's in Research in Bilingual Education from Stanford University, and a PhD in Urban Education and Social Change from UC Berkeley. She lives in Oakland, California, with her three kids, the dog Stella, and four chickens. So on today's podcast, we'll discuss Kristen's journey, experience, and insights from working in the impact investing space. We'll get some insights and thoughts from Kristen about social innovation and social enterprise. And along the way, Kristen is sure to share some inspirational initiatives and tips that you could apply to your own projects. Kristen, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is a wonderful series, and I'm really excited to participate and to share some of what we're up to. To kick off, Kristen, could you please share a bit about your background and what led you into the world of impact investing and advising? Sure. So I entered into the impact space in 2007 when I was in charge of a family foundation, and we were looking to align some of our assets towards our mission. And when I found out that the endowment was 95% of our impact and that we had really been concentrating on the grant side, it was a big motivator for me to think, how could we do this 100%? Mm. And so I actually helped move all of the investments into seven different community banks. So we were 100% impact invested in 2007. And in the U.S., that was significant because in 2008, all of the markets went down. And so we were doing quite well. And it was a fun place to be when we were 100% impact invested and then also um, doing better financially. So that was the impetus for me to stay in this field and to really grow it. Mm. Yeah, very good. So can you please tell us more about NIA Invest then and the NIA Community Fund? And what are their missions and who do you typically work with? 
Sure. So I founded NIA Community Investments in 2010, and that's 100% impact portfolio, and it's really meant to be a teaching portfolio. So we have investments in every type of asset class and every type of loan, loan guarantee, um, looking at really trying to figure out how we can have the most impact and then show that as a sample to other people that are looking for this journey. When I was doing that, I was completely out of the public markets. And for me personally, that was a great place to be. And yet I realized that most people on this journey were still buying stocks and bonds and heavily involved in the capital markets in the public markets and needed that daily liquidity. And so NIA Global Solutions was my answer to that. How could we bring the highest impact investing into the public markets and keep the very best qualities of the public markets, which they are really our original crowdsource and our crowdfunding. Um, and then we also get daily liquidity because stocks can be bought and sold each day um, for different uses. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to do that in solutions, which I'd already been investing in solutions, and then for me, gender, inclusion, and diversity are part of the solution. So, of course, we were going to have that lens as well. What comes with that product um, that's different than a lot of purchases in public equities is our activism. We're actively involved with every company and trying to encourage them all to do as good a job as they can. Yeah, it's very, very interesting to hear. So when we spoke to Tom Dawkins earlier in the year, Kristen, he highlighted how he believes that impact investing of the risk-tolerant variety is missing from the social enterprise sector. So do you believe with this from where you're based in Oakland? So I really think that those people that are able to do impact investing right now are the ones that we need to take a risk to help us prove out some of the concepts. I also ask people sometimes, what is the risk of not doing this investment? What if we don't help this idea get off the ground? Um, how would you feel at that point? So sometimes um, risk is just, it's an interesting question about how, how we think about it as investors. Mm. A lot of the principles we bring to NIA Global Solutions actually de-risk some of the investments um, by being focused on the solutions on the companies that are needed to transition us to the next fair, just, and sustainable economy. We're actually de-risking getting involved with those companies. Similarly, those companies that have diversity and leadership often perform better financially. So some of these concepts, um, by bringing in more impact, you're actually um, de-risking some of the investment philosophy. Mm, that's very interesting to hear. So what advice would you give then to social entrepreneurs or startups who are looking to get investment to help them to scale, to grow and, and maximize their own impact? Oh, so many things. So, um, one, it, it, entrepreneurship is hard work, and we know that we're in it not always about the money, but to to make an impact and to make a difference. And yet, you need to get funding to scale your business. And mm. so, starting with a diverse team is really, really helpful. If you can bake in inclusion um, from the beginning, investors like to see that. Yep. Um, and then I think that the, in, the investment quality in the business stands to do so much better if your initial founding team um, has some diversity to it. Mm. Um, another helpful thing is if you could 
have some clients or some sort of revenue before you take it out to market, that's always helpful. People want to see the concept um, being played out and have you tested it a little bit. That's that's always a good thing to do before talking to investors. Mm. So what advice would you give then to the budding social entrepreneurs listening who have an idea but they're unsure how to get their idea off the ground? Getting good partnership entrepreneurship is hard. I wouldn't do things by yourself. I think you always want to have, you know, someone, a a companion, a partner that's going to work on this with you, a diverse team again, and then um, friends and family, um, to the extent that you can try out your ideas in your own community, Mm. that's the best way to start. Nice, precise and concise advice. So what about some of the challenges that you typically experience, Kristen? I mean, you you are working in a variety of different roles. How do you work around the challenges? What sort of challenges do you need to confront regularly and, and how do you work around them? I think the biggest challenge is the status quo. I think that we've all gotten into our patterns. People are busy to change spending habits, investing habits, ways of thinking that will help us all be more sustainable and more inclusive. I think people really want to do that, and yet sometimes something that's more convenient wins out in the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, One example is our banking. If we were to all bank at our local banks and our credit unions, we wouldn't have some of the big problems that our big banks are causing, and yet people are enmeshed and they have accounts that sometimes are hard to close and to transfer over, and I think inertia sets in sometimes. Mm. So that's probably one of our biggest challenges in getting our money aligned with, with our goals and our values. Yeah, wow. And so when it comes to impact, what do you believe are the best ways then to measure the social impact of a project? Oh, there's so many ways to measure. I think we started out seeing how many jobs maybe a a business might provide or how many trees were getting planted. And now the nuances of measuring impact are huge. Mm. I really think about where is the money going? Is it going into a neighborhood that wouldn't ordinarily be receiving this kind of revenue or this kind of activity. So I'm looking for underserved neighborhoods. Mm. I'm also looking for founders that are outside of the 96%. In the U.S., 96% of venture capital money goes to males Mm. and um, less than 4% goes to women and less than 1% to people of color. So if we can shift where the money is going, that's one way to really look at having an incredible impact. Yeah, that's some really interesting stats there. So as co-founder of the Impact Hub in Oakland, could you please share a little bit about some of the inspirational initiatives and entrepreneurs running from the space? Oh, sure. So we love nurturing entrepreneurs and startup businesses. That's uh, why we set out to do Impact Hub Oakland. And so in addition to just being a co-working space, we're really building a community there. Mm. And we have some fabulous startups. We have um, just a couple of examples. Room Map with Outdoor Afro, who is trying to change the nature of way um, African Americans relate to the outdoors. Mm. And she has a fantastic nationwide program. Another group is called Better Ventures, and they are a venture capital firm that is doing sustainable investing, um, and they also have um, a number of really successful funds. Another example would be Black Girls Code, and they are a nonprofit that are teaching young African-American girls to do coding so that we can change the nature of who gets those jobs. Mm, Fantastic. So it would be great to to perhaps touch base with some of them in, in the future. Kristen, we've seen a huge growth 
in the amount of co-working spaces popping up around the world, do you believe that we've reached saturation? No, no, by no means have we. I think that the economy bringing people together just scale-wise and sustainability-wise, lowering our footprint, it's nice to um, share a kitchen or a conference yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. I think the big benefit, though, is when we can share other resources. So if you have a legal plan that might be suitable for me, or if you know different ways to market your business that might be suitable to another business, mm. sometimes my clients might also be great clients for you, or my company might need the product that you're selling. So bringing people together and sharing, I think is what's going to be part of our solution moving forward. Yeah. I'd like to see more co-working spaces like Impact Hub Oakland. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree. So which, which countries do you believe then are leading the charge when it comes to the support and implementation of social innovation programs that transform communities, and what can we learn from them? That's such a good question, and I can't tell you that I have a great answer. I'm really based in the U.S., and I see what we're doing, and some of our support for entrepreneurs has been fabulous, and yet we're seeing that there's a lot of discrimination in who gets to be a successful entrepreneur in the U.S., mm. and so I would like to see some of those numbers change. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So to finish off then, Kristen, could you please recommend a few great books that you think would inspire our listeners? Oh, absolutely. I'm always reading awesome, great books. My friend Jenny Casson has a new book out that is about helping entrepreneurs raise the money from the right type of investors, and so I highly recommend her book. Another friend, Joel Solomon, has recently come out with The Clean Money Revolution and has all sorts of ideas about different ways that we can align our money with our values. Mm -hmm. And then a book that I've picked up for the summer is called Beautiful Trouble, and it's a toolbox for revolution. And I think if we're going to really get to the next fair, just, sustainable economy, we're going to need to have some revolutionary skills. So that's my summer reading. Fantastic. Well, they, they sound like a few good ones. I'll stick them on the list below in the article. There's been some fantastic and very generous insights today, Kristen. Thank you so much for sharing your time. And we'll look forward to touching base with you again in the future. Oh, great. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.